0: Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown.
1: Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm and uh, today we're going to talk about the draft. Uh, three buffs were chosen in the draft, a few more signed deals to uh, participate in training camps with other NFL teams. Uh, we're going to talk about Uh, the different fits for each of these players, what to expect, and who really has a chance of sticking um, going forward. But before we dig in, I want to tell you more about our great friends over at Manscaped. If you haven't heard, uh, Manscaped is the best company to keep all of your body hair in shape. Uh, There's plenty of other things they do. They have deodorant, uh, they have ball deodorant, they have different sorts of shaving cream, all sorts of stuff. Check them out. And when you do, uh, go to manscaped.com and use the code DNVR20 and you'll save 20% off your purchase. You'll also get free shipping with that code, so it's a steal. Take advantage of that. Get on that website. Okay. Um, let's start with uh, some of these fits in the NFL. Um First, let's just start at the top, LaVisca Chenault, um, he landed uh, in Jacksonville, he was the 42nd pick in the draft, that's, what, 10 picks into the second round, so pretty pretty good spot for him, I think he probably could have been taken 10 to 15 picks higher, um, but probably wasn't going to go any earlier than that, meanwhile he probably could have slipped maybe even to the third round, so... So, so going at 42, he's happy with that part. Uh, the part that he might not be happy with is going to Jacksonville. Um, this is not an organization that historically has been very well put together. Um, and recently, things have gotten even worse. Um, again, not super successful. They've had one playoff appearance in the last decade. Um, I, th- I think they're currently on a five... Se- no, it wouldn't be currently five seasons straight... Uh, but, oh, during that time, I think they had five or six losing seasons. So it's it's been tough there. and they've kind of made it tougher on themselves, um, particularly in the last couple of years when, I mean, it's it's I don't like just saying that that's a toxic environment. Because I haven't been in there, I can't speak specifically to what's going on in that locker room, but so many people have come out and called it toxic that uh, I'm willing to just say that that many people can't be wrong. Um, Some examples of what's going on, you know, a a couple years ago they actually made it to the AFC Championship game, Uh, that was that one playoff appearance, they made the run, uh, ended up losing to the Patriots, but... uh, They've pretty much taken that team apart since. You know, they they traded Calais Campbell this offseason, the defensive end, for a fifth round pick. Um, they traded Jalen Ramsey during last season, top five corner in the NFL. AJ Boye, who was an all pro cornerback as well, um, to the Broncos, actually. He was for a seventh round pick. Maybe he was fifth in the other one's up. There's something like that. Um, but but then now Leonard Fournette, the running back's on the trade block. Uh, they also have Yannick Ngakwe, the defensive end, um, who's just come out and said, I'm not re-signing with this team. And uh, he is also on the trade block. Who else have they traded? Um, I, I guess the, the biggest story is Dante Fowler, who they traded about a year ago be more than that be like a year and a half ago now um to los angeles the los angeles rams and uh that's because things got really ugly there um he was fined seven hundred thousand dollars by the jaguars for 25 separate incidents um where he missed team meetings or appointments i think is the wording that they used um None of those turned out to be mandatory. He took it up with the NFLPA, filed a grievance. The Jaguars had to return all of that money to him because uh, they didn't have the right to take that from him because he didn't actually do anything wrong. Um, We don't need to get too into the weeds there. We've already gone a little bit too far in the weeds. But the the point is, you know, that comes out. The NFLPA sends a letter to every player in the league and says, uh, don't sign, or uh, they don't say don't sign with the Jaguars. But what they say is, we want all the players to know that 25% of the grievances that have been filed against a team by a player uh, have, I, th- I think it was over the course of the year, uh, have come against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they just kind of put that out there and said, keep that in mind when you are in free agency um, that this is happening. Um So, that's it's not a bunch of good stuff. It's not somewhere you really want to go play or work with those people just because uh, there is so much drama off the field. Uh, Now, they did fire Tom Coughlin, who was kind of the executive that oversaw the football side of things. A lot of people pointed at him. The GM is still there. I think he's going into his eighth season with the Jaguars. So, there's a little bit of change. Um, it's not all good stuff though, obviously. And so that's why it's a pretty tough spot for Visca to land. Um, The key for Visca though, is going to be finding a way to be productive for the first year or maybe two years while he's still developing as a receiver. Um, He has all the tools to become a a great, just true receiver running routes, getting open, catching passes, running after the catch. Um, But some of some of what he does really needs to be refined. You know, he he isn't the most polished route runner coming out of college. Um, he's he's really not that close to being the most polished either. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is that he was asked to do so many things at Colorado. Um, he he couldn't just focus on running those routes because he was asked to run the jet sweeps, to up in the wildcat, and there was a lot more on his plate than just trying to get better as a route runner, get his, his timing right with his hands, that kind of stuff. Um, and that'll, that'll take some time still to develop, even though he has all the tools, all those skills should come in for him. And, uh, there's no reason he can't be an elite route runner. We, we've seen the footwork, um, juking players, the dead leg, all that stuff. It's just about translating that into good route running, which takes a year or two. But while that's translating, you really need to be able to find something to do with him. Um, line him up at, at running back, which is totally possible if, if the Jaguars actually do trade Leonard Fournette. Um, Viscoe would be pretty easily the best running back on that roster. Um, so you're probably going to see some of him at running back, some of him at Wildcat quarterback, those jet sweeps. And the reason it's so important is that if he can't get open as a receiver then he won't see the field too much if he's not doing these other things and then it's it's easy to fall out of favor with the fans or the organization and get mislabeled a bust uh, even though it just takes a little bit longer for him to develop don't don't forget that he turned 21 um during the season so so he's still a, a very young guy um And and I really think that that perception is important Um, because as soon as he has a, a quiet rookie year and then starts slowly in year two, a lot of people, and they shouldn't, will say that he's done for. Um, And that's why it's so important for him to be contributing in the way that, you know, Debo Samuel last year for the 49ers, they found some creative ways to get him the ball. And he progressed enough as a receiver that he was able to become a threat outside as well. And it's getting that balance, just supporting him as much as he can to make sure that he gets as many touches as he needs um, until you know that those touches will just come naturally as a receiver. And then you can add more on top with those manufactured touches, the jet sweeps, the whatever um, on top of that. So, so those are really the the football wise, the factors that I'm looking at, um, when I'm trying to decide whether this is a good spot for Visca. And and I think that there's a lot to like about the Jaguars and how they're set up. Uh, first of all, you you just look at the depth chart and he's going to get pretty much exactly the number of opportunities that he deserves. I I guess as as long as there's a, uh, a good coach in place, which we'll get into in a second. Um, and, and I say that because you know, you look at who they have. DJ Chark, he can be their number one receiver this year. In year two last year, he put up over a thousand yards. Uh DD Westbrook is a good slot receiver. He can be their number two if they need him to. They have they have Chris Conley, they have Keelan Cole, some guys with some experience, and that means that Visca can really slot in wherever he needs to. Um, Visca could be the number two. Um, if, if he's ready for that responsibility, you know, he's not being blocked by any of these guys, except for maybe Chark. I, I don't think he could overtake Chark, um, which is fine. I mean, that still makes him a number two receiver, which puts him on the field just about every play. Um, but because the Jaguars have these other options, Chris Conley, D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, they don't have to force Visca onto the field and put him in those bad situations. So I, I really think that the way this roster is built fits him well, especially when you look at the running back situation. It's uh, Leonard Fournette, number one, um, probably Davina Zigbo, number two. From, I believe he's, he's from Nebraska. Or I believe he came out of Nebraska in 2019, um, the running back uh, Raquel Armstead is there. Jeremy McNichols. So Visca could get some snaps at running back, especially if they move on from Fournette. Um, then they'd be pretty much handcuffed into putting Visca at running back for some snaps. Um, so yeah, that 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 all looks good to me. And what I really like is that he's playing with Jay Gruden. Um, so Jay Gruden is the new offensive coordinator of the Jaguars. He's obviously an experienced coach. He was the head coach of the Redskins. He's the brother of John Gruden, uh, the head coach of the Raiders. And uh, Jay Gruden has been around. He's, he's coached a bunch of different places. He's run a bunch of different offenses, all West Coast offenses, but he's he's run them in different places. Um, and I think that what he runs is a fit with what Visca Should be asked to do. What what I really like about the the West Coast offense is that it's built on simple concepts, and they kind of make the playbook a mess. But uh, the idea is get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quickly make the decisions as easy as possible and get it into somebody's hands and let that guy go make a play. And so that's what Visca's good at. If if you want him running those intermediate routes in a West Coast offense, um, just catching the ball and turning upfield, I think that's what he's best at. And then you look at the the way that the west coast offense has evolved not so much in jay Gruden's form i mean he did have some of that in what he did at washington but but he wasn't quite as creative as you know we're seeing the ravens with their west coast offense um you know with with all the jet sweeps all the turn all that kind of stuff uh the 49ers obviously um and you know who else would you throw in there uh, I guess oh, oh the Chiefs obviously you'd throw in there so 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 those are kind of like the the groundbreaking West Coast offenses but at this point all of those teams have put so much on tape and and Jay Gruden has access to all of uh, those coaches to talk to to bounce ideas off of and also I mean he, he his brother is the coach of the Raiders running a West Coast offense but uh, I I do think that he is going to start putting more and more of those concepts. Into his offense, it's just every offense now uses the jet sweep because it's just come that uh, become that popular. Uh, I I think that there's there's another tier of things that are happening in those offenses, whether it's the the little option um, where you where you have the option to either pitch back to the running back or throw the shovel pass to the tight end who's running across the line of scrimmage. You know, there's that kind of stuff that I think will now become uh, universally used the way that the jet sweep, which started in those offenses, is now kind of universally used in every offense. Um, so while Jay Gruden isn't a Sean Payton, and he isn't a Kyle Shanahan, or even a John Gruden, he does have a background that would make you think that he will know how to properly utilize Bisca, and he's going to have enough creativity mixed into that West Coast offense that, there will be opportunities for players like Visca to to get the ball in in ways other than trying to get open downfield, which Visca could struggle with. And it could be that he's just fine. You know, Visca is the type of talent that even though we know that his route running is not as sharp as it could be, he may be so big that he's able to just box out NFL cornerbacks and NFL linebackers when he's working inside and, and just keep him on his or keep the defender on his back, reach forward, catch the ball, You know that that may just translate to the NFL. Or it could be that he's able to put together the route running quick enough that he's getting more separation uh, in the NFL than he ever did in college just because he's finally having a coach sit down with him and say, okay, two weeks of training camp, that's what we're working on. You need to get this figured out, and, and maybe that's enough. Maybe he can turn things around. Not even turn things around, just keep building and, and build faster. If he gets that type of attention. Um, obviously, Vizca is a unique prospect. So how we translate is, ki- is kind of up in the air. Um, but those are some of my thoughts about that situation. Uh, before we move along to Davion Taylor, I want to tell you about the farmhouse at Breckenridge Brewery. It's an incredible place to get incredible food, incredible beer. Uh, they're still open for curbside delivery, or, or curbside pickup or delivery. Uh, if you use the code DNVR, by the way, you save $5 off your meal. Um, they have different specials every night. Um, they, 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 have beer specials with some of those specials too. You know, sometimes there'll be, you can pick up a six pack of beer for five bucks. If you're adding it on top of your food order, uh, you guys should check it out. Go to Brackenridge Brewery's website. And even if you don't need food, at least check out their beer locator, see where you can pick up some Brackenridge beers near you, uh, because they are very, very good. Uh, also want to tell you about MSU Denver online, MSU Denver is an incredible school um, in part because of their online learning options. There are over 750 different online courses you can take, things ranging from aging and adulthood to uh, 100,000 years of war to I mean, you know, you guys know what classes they teach, history and English and all those different things. Uh, so if, if you're trying to change career fields, check out MSU Denver and see if they can help you because odds are they have an online degree that they can give you that will make you more marketable in your field. Um, even if you aren't changing fields, you could still try to take a step forward um, by by grabbing a, a degree or if you're just trying to kill some time, you're interested in some of these classes, they'd be a lot of fun to check out, learn a lot. Uh, You can go to msudenver.com backslash online for uh, more information on their online programs. All right, Uh, next up, Davion Taylor. Davion is going to uh, a pretty great situation uh, on the other hand and obviously the Eagles are the Eagles you got a pretty stable organization that's what you want when you're uh, being drafted you know everything's out of your hands you could wind up anywhere Uh, you know things worked out for Visca in a lot of ways outside of the Jaguars kind of shady history of how they've treated their players Uh, the Eagles don't even have that Um, plus here's the thing about Davion I don't think he's ready to play in the NFL. And to be honest, I don't even know that he's all that close. I think when you look at his game, there are a lot of flashes that you like, and there are a lot of plays where you say, hmm, his instincts just haven't quite developed there. And there are other plays where he flashes those instincts um, where he's blowing up those screen passes like he he loves to do. I think that's what I'm going to remember about him the most is him flying into the backfield from that star spot. Not like the backfield, but into the flat uh, where, where they're throwing a pass and just blowing up a, a, whoever's catching the ball right as they're looking upfield. Um so he does have some of those senses, and you can see the senses building, but he's only been playing football for four years. So expecting him to be consistently making the right decision is a bit of a stretch. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to be just, like, terrible and you couldn't put him on the field or you're just going to give up a whole bunch of points. Like, it's not that bad, but but you do see the lapses, especially in coverage. or Sometimes when he's playing the run, too, just which which holes to hit um don't be too aggressive it's it's just that balance um that you have to play with with playing with instincts thinking about what you're trying to do and and you can tell that sometimes his mind is still just a little bit jumbled um Davion's a great football player, by the way. I just realized that I, don't, I feel like I'm ragging on him, and he doesn't deserve that. It's just that he's not the perfect prospect. You know, I, I think that in, the, in a lot of ways, the the lack of football experience is just exciting. You know, it makes you think, wow, if he's already doing this, where's he going to go? But you have to remember that he isn't where he's going yet. Um, and like Visca, you know, maybe we are just underrating his route running ability, um, his ability to cre- create separation, and. He's going to be just fine doing what he does in the NFL day one. That's on the table with Davion, but uh, it'd be a little bit of a surprise. Um, again, he has all of the tools. That's why he got drafted at 102nd overall by the Eagles in the third round um, because he has uh, incredible tools. He's so fast that 4.3940 time he ran at his pro day. Uh, it just sparkling. Um, but you, you look at the eagles linebackers and there will be opportunities for davion to play right away um so they did sign jatavis brown from the chargers who was a starter there uh but their other linebackers um nathan gary tj edwards duke riley uh they they drafted sean bradley i guess they already had alex singleton davion pretty quickly could be their second best linebacker. Um, again, that's a great opportunity for him. If he's ready to go and he's ready to uh, at least play as a sub-package defender, you know, when, when passing downs, he comes in at linebacker to cover with that speed, uh, That that's good for him. He isn't going to waste away on the bench. But uh, this is the situation where you do worry about Davion. Is he really ready to be one play away from seeing the field, you know, one injury away from being an every down linebacker. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't think so, but uh, you know, it, he's kind of going to get thrown in the fire. What's, what's really great for Davey on is that if he does have to play, there are so many good football players on that defense that they can cover up for him a little bit if they have to. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty simple, you know. If You're playing zone defense. Make his zone just a little bit tighter. Don't give him quite as much ground to cover early on. Um, that kind of stuff that can just make things easier because they still have, you know, Fletcher Cox up front, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Javon Hargrave just signed there. Um, I mean, they've got Darius Slay to add to that secondary with Razzle Douglas and Avante Maddox. So, so there's, there's a lot of exciting pieces on that defense and including Davion, including Davion for sure. Uh, so hopefully when he is asked to get on the field, um, because everything else is put together so soundly, um, the defensive coordinator can spend a little bit more time with Davion, making sure Davion understands what his job is. Um it's, Davion's a super smart smart guy, but, uh, you know, it's it's tough. It's a transition. Um, overall, though, I, I really like where he landed uh, with Philadelphia. Also, shout out to Dante Olson, who was the linebacker from Montana, who I covered, uh, did not get drafted, but also signed with the Eagles. And for all the reasons I just explained, I think that's a pretty good landing spot, and he has a chance to stick, um, which is what you're looking for when you're an undrafted free agent. Okay. Uh, Arlington Hambright now. This is not something I thought that I would be talking about today. Um, you know, I, I thought that there was a, a real chance Steven Montez didn't get drafted and he ended up not getting drafted. Um, but I didn't see a scenario where Steven wouldn't be drafted and Arlington would be. Now, super excited for Arlington, obviously. Um, you know, the the reason I think that Chicago decided to spend that seventh round pick on him, number 223, uh, is, is just the build, the size. You know, you look at him and say, that looks like um, an, an NFL lineman. They're likely going to move him inside to guard would be my guess. Um, I think that's where he fits best. But... Uh, you know, this is this honestly, this is a weird team. You know, Charles Leno at left tackle, Cody Whitehair at center, Bobby Massey at right tackle. We probably have like Jermaine Fetty at one of the guard spots. Um, it's unlikely Arlington's going to be able to lock down that other guard spot. But I do think, I mean, that's the hole on their line right now. And maybe they like move Jason Spriggs inside or something. I don't know. Uh, but, but he has a path to start. He definitely has a path to start. Um, it'd be a huge upset for a seventh round pick to be a day one starter, though. Uh, it's I, I, I just want to point out that I think that if this is an open competition, uh, which it has to be, like they just need to fill that spot with one of these guys. He He's one of the four. Call that a 25% chance if you want. It's probably less than that because he will be a little bit raw. But, um, Long term, though, obviously there's space for him if he can develop. It's it's I mean you're totally guessing if if you're saying he is or isn't going to be an NFL starter at some point. Um, but uh, you know a, a lot of teams think that they can just develop interior offensive linemen, coach them up, take tackles, turn them into guards, and within year or two years, three years, they're going to be ready to play real football. Um, that's going to be the goal with Arlington. You know, he's six foot five, three hundred pounds. He has the build. Uh, I think his arms were probably a little bit short. That's likely why you would move him inside to guard. Um, but but he has all of the pieces to be a good guard. You know, if if you can play left tackle at the power five level the way that he did, you know, I thought I thought his play tailed off there a little bit at the end. Um, there. A couple of weeks into the season, it felt like the Buffs' offensive line really started clicking and getting better and better. And then, kind of late in the year, a couple of the guys, Arlington in particular, um, made a couple of mistakes. You know, Tim Linat, who didn't land on a team, you know, he had a couple of mistakes. He he missed a couple of those snaps late in the season. Um, not bad, but just off target. Make Stephen work a little bit harder to get the ball ready to pass. Um, Arlington, though. Uh, happy for him. A couple more guys who signed with teams. Tony Brown. Uh, I thought I thought there was a chance he'd get drafted, especially when you're watching that seventh round, seeing a couple of the names that went off the board, uh, a couple of the wide receivers whose names went off the board. It, it did seem like any one of those could have been Tony Brown instead, but none of them were. Uh, Tony winds up with the Browns which is an interesting fit. You know, they've loaded up on receiver talent um, and just keep adding and adding and adding. It's been three or four years of this now. And at this point, they have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, obviously. Um, you have uh, Taewon Taylor, um, Damian Ratley. They they drafted uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, so, so there is some talent there and making the 53 man roster will not be easy for Tony. Um, there is certainly a path, you know, uh, you look at maybe the six guys who are competing for the last two spots or three spots maybe. Um, and, and Tony Brown's one of those guys. And if he, he finishes in the top half of that group, he's on the roster. If he isn't, There's a good chance he's on the practice squad. As long as he plays well, he should have a spot on an NFL team's practice squad. I think that just even even a little bit of a below average performance from Tony Brown in training camp will get him a practice squad job throughout the season. Uh, It's going to take one of his better performances uh, to get a full-time job. Also, uh, the the Browns just signed Rashard Higgins today, uh, the former CSU receiver. He'd been with them for a couple of years, um, but was a free agent. So, so he'll be their number three receiver. Uh, he's a lock to be that number three receiver. Uh, so actually, it's like uh, probably five guys. No, let's call it six guys competing for... Two or three spots, depending on how many receivers the Browns want to keep. You know, with the expanded rosters up to 55 spots now, helps Tony's odds, um, but we'll see. Uh, another guy who signed a contract uh, after the draft, Steven Montez, he signed with the Redskins, and again, I mean, it, it makes sense that, that you'd like the fits for the undrafted guys, because... They likely had multiple offers and picked the one that made the most sense, whether they were offered more money and thought that meant it was more likely the team was going to try to keep them around, or whether they just wanted to go somewhere where they could look at the depth chart and say, hey, there's there's room for me here. Uh, Steven, like I said, though, goes to the Redskins. It's a great fit. He uh, plays very similarly to Dwayne Haskins, who the Redskins drafted last year, just a big-armed quarterback. Some mistakes, but, uh, I mean, if Montez cleaned up a lot of his mistakes, put together a couple more flashy games, then he would be a Dwayne Haskins type of product um, or prospect in my mind. Um, The Redskins also brought in uh, Kyle Allen from the Panthers, who, uh, you know, was the starter? He took over for Cam Newton there. Um, I think they also have Alex Smith on the roster, but that's he isn't going to play. So it's likely that the uh, Redskins are going to try to keep two quarterbacks and Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. Um, they may decide to hold on to a third. Again, that fifty-five man roster instead of fifty-three. That means that maybe a lot of the teams that only carry two quarterbacks now carry three. Um, and, and that would obviously help Steven out in his uh, attempt to land a full-time job. If not, you, you'd probably see him land on the practice squad there. And if not there, then somewhere else. Um, again, though, that's that's a pretty good spot uh, for him. Um, especially because you look at both those guys, Kyle Allen, who had success as a rookie last year, um, but it wasn't success you expected to see. There's also Dwayne Haskins, who was a first-round pick, but he did not live up to expectations in year one. So maybe there's a path. If Steven uh, impresses during his first year with Washington, they could say it's an open battle before year two, or if things just go really down the drains, maybe he gets a shot this season. But that would be a bit of a surprise. The Buffs had one more player signed. Um, and we're going to get to that after I tell you all about World Golf Tour. Uh, so WGT. It's a game for your phone that's a lot of fun. Uh, there are a bunch of different ways to play. You know, you can play 18 holes. There's like competitions for close to the pin, that type of stuff. Um, and we have been having a lot of fun with it. Now that the draft is over, and I have a little bit more uh, free time. I'm having a chance to get into WGT, and it's pretty cool. Especially because we have a clubhouse set up that uh, that's just for DNVR members or listeners too. I guess you don't have to be a subscriber, but it's a, it's a lot of fun because we get to compete against each other. There are big tournaments that we can all play in. Um, there will be prizes for, obviously it's the most realistic golf game that you're going to be able to find, especially one for your phone. Um, I've, I've been playing it for honestly years now, but I took a little bit of a break just because, you know, I always... Switch games up. You know, there's the top golf games in there, so it's basically like you're at Top Golf playing all the games you can play there. Um, there's there's just so many options. You know, the courses Pebble Beach, uh, Beth Page Black, St Andrews, Bandon and Dunes. It's it's pretty cool. And if you go to dnvrgolf.com, you can download the app and you can play with all of us. It's so much fun. Hopefully you guys will join us. It's the DNVR Clubhouse. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun uh hopefully you join in okay uh delrick abrams the final buff one of the six who uh landed jobs on draft day delrick was an undrafted free agent he signed with the atlanta falcons and he also has a path to making the roster you know again it kind of makes sense that uh he would because he got to choose where he went. And a guy with Delrick's build was always going to get a chance. You you look at him and the long arms and just like the gangliness of him. That's somebody who is just built for speed and to break up passes. You know, he's just rangy. Um, and he's getting that opportunity. Uh, you, you look at the cornerbacks on this roster. Isaiah Oliver, there's there's one. He's probably their number one corner going into the season. Uh, number two is going to be AJ Terrell, who they drafted. Um, and then after that, it's kind of just a bunch of nobodies, to be honest. Um, that doesn't mean that. I mean, Delrick. If if you're not a Colorado fan, is probably just another one of the nobodies: Um, Jordan Miller, Kendall Sheffield, um, Bleedy Red Wilson, who I don't know, CJ Revis. So it's really wide open. Maybe I'm sleeping on one of these guys, two of these guys, uh, but but to me it looks like this third corner job should be open and so should every other job all the way through the sixth spot if they keep six corners. Um, there's probably ten guys trying to get those other four jobs, so there's definitely no guarantee that Delrick sticks, but this is a great situation for him to be in. And uh, again, if it doesn't pan out but he's still close – Gets him on a practice squad. Still could land on a practice squad somewhere else too. Uh, again, those practice squads, ten players, um, so it really expands it from fifty-five to sixty-five. And right now the rosters are at ninety, so still twenty-five players who have to be cut in front of him. But it's possible. It's it's there's there's a path there. Obviously rooting with him. Um, and those are all the buffs who are going to the. Uh, NFL, at least for training camp and it's really exciting wish that we could have seen mikhail onu get a shot um but but the situations that he was put into you know the injury late in the season makes it tough you understand why a team would go a different direction you know mikhail he'll have opportunities to play in the cfl or if there's another version of like the xfl or the afl or whatever pops up next you'll see him there uh same thing with uh, tim linott i think Um, I think you could see Alex Changham in, in one of those spots as well. Uh, Alex Kinney for sure could definitely be landing a gig. You know, it's just tough as a punter, especially when you have the XFL guys, the AFL guys. And so when an NFL team says, well, we have a punter, we aren't going to carry two punters, but we might as well bring in competition for camp, which a lot of teams don't do. You know, the Broncos aren't bringing in a second punter for their camp for competition. Um, so it's not even like there's 64 punting jobs in the world, uh, or I guess NFL punting jobs. It's closer to 50, 52 maybe. Um, and Alex Kinney did get one of them. You know, there's all the guys from the AFL, XFL, who just put up numbers there. A couple of those guys are going to get shots. There are other college punters. Um, so while he did play well, it's just really hard to uh, to make that jump. Uh, Doesn't mean it's over. Again, he can go play somewhere else and see if he gets an opportunity. Um, But that isn't going to come just yet for him. That is going to do it for today. I will be back tomorrow with more buffs talk. And we're going to get back to a more regular schedule here, which I am so excited about. Um, Tomorrow, what are we going to talk about? Uh, You know, Carl Durrell just signed his first. Uh, I guess didn't sign him, but, but he just landed his first commit as the Buffs head coach. Uh, There's a, there's a guard who had committed to UCLA, a five-star guard who decided that he is actually going to go to the G league and spend a year there before going to the NBA draft instead of being a one and done at UCLA. I think that's what we're going to spend a lot of time on tomorrow. What does that mean for Colorado this season? Because uh, one of the top talents in the league is now not going to be in the league. Uh, and also, what does it mean for the Buffs going forward? Because this isn't a team that's been living and dying by uh, one and duns. So maybe if more of these one and duns are deciding to go straight to the G League and get in that NBA system early, maybe that uh, that would be a, a big deal for the Buffs over the next five ten years as we see the way that nba prospects prepare for the nba change uh, so we'll dig into some of that stuff tomorrow i have some thoughts on the running backs too that i should probably get out soon because they've just been building up basically i'm just really excited ashad clayton alex fontenot jaron mangum and then you still have joe davis and Dion smith what a group what a group uh and i think they all fit really well together um if Mangum just had a little bit more wiggle, I don't even know if it's the wiggle. He might have the wiggle if he just had a little more creativity. If if he was a little more flexible instead of just running straight downhill behind the pads all the time, if he was willing to look around a bit, throw a juke out, throw a couple spins out, you know, I think that's the next step for him. Just relax a little bit. Don't be so stiff. He's a great athlete. We'll save some more of these thoughts for tomorrow, but I've been thinking a lot about Jaron Mangum and about Deion Smith and about Ashad Clayton and how you could really turn this whole group of running backs into... I mean, it's already one of the best groups in the Pac-12. I think they have the chance to be the best group in the Pac-12. I think that they could be one of the best groups... Can I say in the country? I don't know if I can say in the country. Give that one more year. Maybe this time next year. When we know Alex Fonteno is coming back for his senior season. We're getting junior year Jaron Mangum. We're getting sophomore Ashad Clayton. I think I feel like that's where we could start to see some uh, some real special stuff. But we'll get more into that later. Okay, that's actually going to do it. Oh, and if you guys have anything you want to talk about, as always, comment section is open at thedmvr.com. Just go to the post for this podcast, and I will get to your questions in the next show. Uh, and I'm excited about that. See you guys tomorrow. I
0: think I like my Colorado swag. when no minute it play. I don't really really know just how to act. And when no minute with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Yeah. It's pushing 180. Speed and competition. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado with soldiers like the Navy yeah. And voters where we stationed patiently awaiting Whoa. When I hit the field It's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging As the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes I can tell that you afraid uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya, hit ya. Hit ya, hit ya. Hey, hey. You on your own now Why you watching the official yeah. You just better hope you make it To the next whistle And we ain't playing with ya you, you can get it anytime It started at the scrimmage We gon' win it Line. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring Throwing blows, knocking down team at the I team they like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in that play I don't really, I don't really know how to act, and when no minute go you know I'm acting bad. Holler, get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen around? Denver to Colorado, Buffalo is what I am. All the things coming follow. Well, Mess them up, we say we got them if we don't, then we'll get them When we see them, then I we add Like my Colorado sway. Cause when a minute play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go You know I'm acting bad Holla get them with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, man. I swear, I think they like my Colorado Sway. I swear, they like my Colorado Sway. Cause when a minute play, I don't really know just how to act. And when no minute go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a with my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado Sway, my, my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, man. That's where I think they like my Colorado swag.